I would just want, before we kind of, or as, as we start, I just wanted to kind of get a sense of, of how Christmassy you feel. So this is, what, kind of four days before Christmas, so Sunday to Thursday. Um, so imagine like a scale from one to ten uh, and kind of how Christmassy you are. So ten is, I can't wait till Thursday, it's the best day ever. And one is kind of, don't really, not really bothered. So who's kind of around like seven, eight, nine, uh, who's up kind of that end? Okay, quite a few. Who's down if you're willing to admit two, three, four? Okay, okay. That's okay. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, <clears throat> I think by now, I'm, I'm kind of at the seven, eight, nine, eight, nine, ten kind of stage. Yeah, not too far. I think I'm, yeah, almost, almost. Um, but a week or two ago, probably a couple of weeks ago, I was definitely down in the kind of twos, threes, ones, minus, whatever, um, a couple of weeks ago. But I, I have a... I have a process in December of getting from zero or minus one up to the kind of seven, eight, nine, ten of this week. Like maybe you do too. Um, I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. But my process is is really five things for kind of getting in the Christmas mood, and it's the same five things uh, pretty much every year. As soon as December hits, there are five things I have to do to get to kind of feeling excited about this week. The first thing is to watch the movie Elf. Now. I do watch that movie all year round, but in December, there's like an extra power to it, I guess. So that's the beginning. So once December hits, Elf goes on and we're kind of up, you know, we're moving up to two or three. The next thing um, is to have a mince pie slash pies. And again, I'd eat, I'd eat mince pies all year round if you could buy them. Um, I kind of freeze them in January and then have them in the summer. I don't really. Um, <clears throat> but, I, you know, so that kind of gets me up another, another couple the third thing is to listen to Mariah Carey. That is, I cannot stress to you how important that is. That is absolutely key. So that jumps to probably another four points. So Mariah Carey, um, All I Want for Christmas is You, best Christmas song ever. Um, fourth thing is to go to a carol service. And I've been to a couple in, in the last couple of weeks. So that kind of gets up. So that's kind of six or seven-ish, I guess. But the, like, the last thing is really the thing that kind of seals the deal. It's the thing over these kind of four weeks of December, it, it steals the deal to get me into the Christmas mood. The fifth thing uh, is this. Very important. It is the Christmas Radio Times. And this is an absolute joy to buy. I bought it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and if you're anything like me, you know, you, you look forward every December to buying it. You get your Sharpie out and you're just looking through and you're, you're circling things that you're going to watch. I kind of underline things to record no one else does that, do they? That's... <laughs> it just seems by your reaction that that's just me. So, um, but it's great. So I haven't actually done that properly here, but you know, I could tell you what's on. Um, I, I won't because that's easily distracting. Um, but, but they're the five things. They, those kind of five things, they, they get me into this week to be excited about, about Christmas Day. And that's basically been my process like, for my whole life. So pretty much those four, five things... I've always done to kind of get me in the Christmas mood. But the one thing that's changed, is the, one, the one difference from when I was a kid to now, is, is Santa's Grotto. I used to love meeting Father Christmas, and he'd sit on his knee, and he'd tell him what you want for Christmas. And I can't do that now for lots of awkward reasons. <laughs> there, there, there's not a Father Christmas alive that could take me sitting on, on his lap, I guess. 
So, which is kind of a shame, um, because I have nephews, uh, three little nephews, I actually still get to experience kind of through them the Santa's Grotto thing. And the event is it's exactly the same. I think it's always been, for however long Santa's had a grotto, the event has always been the same. So you turn up in the shopping mall or in kind of whatever building it is, and you, the elf takes your money, and then they take you into the shed at the grotto. Um, and it's all kind of dark and, and kind of snowy things on the windows, and it's just amazing. And you, you walk in, and he, you, there's Father Christmas there, and he'd sit on his lap or stand by him, whatever, and he kind of talks to you, telling your name and what you want for Christmas and all, you know, all these great things. And, you know, you make sure he knows the house you're going to be at at Christmas. Very important. And then it's the same every time. Um, Father Christmas looks at you and he looks at his bag of presents on the floor and he looks at you and everyone knows what he's going to say. You know what he's going to ask. It's kind of his big question. He looks at you and he says, have you been Good. That's kind of the deal, isn't it? That's, that's like the whole point of, of Santa, is if you've, if you've been good, you get a present. But imagine if Max, so he's my eldest nephew who's six, imagine if he's there with, with Father Christmas and Santa goes, Max, have you been a good boy? Imagine Max says, well, how good do I have to have been? It's not very likely, because he's thinking of the presents on the floor and he knows, he knows the deal. Um, but... But imagine he did. And he's like, well, how good? Everyone gets a present, right? Everyone gets a present. So when, so when Santa says, have you been good? When he says good, but he really doesn't mean good. He means, well, as long as you haven't done anything horrendous. Right? Everyone gets a present. I wonder if, <clears throat> if you've ever thought that God is basically Santa. Or maybe people you work with or, or maybe people in your family, basically think that God is basically Santa. They're both beardy, they both live far away, then they both have lists which they check twice to see who's naughty and see who's nice. But they're basically the same person. You know? So when you die and you go before God in heaven, what question is he going to ask? Have you been good? And if you're pushed, or if you push God a little bit and you say, well, how good? Well... I mean, Hitler's not going to get in, but the rest of us will be fine. As long as we haven't done anything horrendous. And really, even if we're on some naughty list, well, everyone gets a present. I don't know if that is what you, what you think, but it's, it's a really common view of Jesus, and, and therefore of Christmas. But I want to read a sentence which Bronte read earlier which tells us what Christmas really is about. So this is kind of the key sentence of Christmas. It really summarizes what the whole Christmas thing is about. It's Luke 2, verse 11, and it's simply this. To you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. So to you is born a saviour or a, a rescuer. That's kind of Christmas in a nutshell. Because Christmas is a rescue mission. But the obvious question, I think, is, well, what, why do we need rescuing? Why do we need a rescuer? And the quick answer is, we need a rescuer because we're not good. And we're not good because, because we're slaves. Christmas is just a nice holiday. I mean, it's just, everything about it is nice. 
it's this explosion of, <clears throat> of generosity and everyone giving presents and smiling to people on the street, singing even on, on the street, amazing. But, but to be honest with you, it's, Christmas is kind of a, a blip in a year that's, that's all about me. I know Christmas is about peace and goodwill to all, but, but I prefer peace and quiet for me. And especially on, on Christmas Day, you know, you have a big lunch and you just want to nap. You just want, just, I want peace and quiet. I just want to sleep because I had too much food. Just everyone be quiet. I need to sleep. That's kind of, I don't know, I'd like, I'm a slave to that comfort. I, I, I want a nap so I will have it. And I'll do all I can just to get this comfort on, on Christmas Day. But, but it's more than that because even the generosity kind of giving presents is can be, but I think it is just horrendously stressful. Again, I don't know if you're like me, just worrying that my wondering whether my present is good enough or not. You know, what if what if I get my mum this thing and she doesn't like it? What if what if I get my sister socks and she gets me an Xbox? Or what if it's the other way around? And I mean, that's horrible. I mean, I've spent all this money and she gets me. So I mean, I'm a slave to to other people to their to their acceptance, to their respect in, in, the, kind of, in, in the present that, that I give them. My Christmas is, is determined by, by someone other than me, whether it's comfort or popularity, but it's, it, it's, someone, it's, it's, it's those things that make my decisions, make my choices for me. And they rule me. And I think they rule you too. Because our great tragedy is that we've, we've uprooted ourselves from God. We're, we're disconnected from a God who is love. Disconnected from a father who loves his son, from a, a son delighting in his father who, who invites us to love him and be loved by him. We, we ignore God. We don't want him, even though he's, he's the source of, of everything we crave. So I think we crave the love that he offers. I think one of the reasons that, that Frozen, I know, I'm sure all of you have seen the movie Frozen because you kind of can't really avoid it in the shops, but, but just I think it's popular because, because we want to be in Frozen. We want to we experience the, 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 the love. We want to experience kind of being, being chased and, 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 and someone to love us to feel, to feel safe so we don't have to conceal who we really are. We want to be in It's a Wonderful Life. To, to, to feel significant, like we actually impact and change and, and, and help other people's lives. We want to feel that love to be accepted and forgiven. And we look everywhere for it, but we never really find it. We want the, the real love of, of a, having a John Lewis penguin as a pet. He'll just, he'll just play with us and we'll enjoy. But those gadgets that we buy need updating all the time. Relationships that promise acceptance and safety break down. You just have to look at, at Wham's Christmas song, Last Christmas. If you turn on the radio for five minutes in the last, in the last month, probably you've almost certainly heard Wham's Last Christmas. The very first line goes, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. But then what happens then? So last year I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. So this year I'll give it to someone special. 
Okay, last year I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year I'll give it to someone special. Okay, last year I gave you my heart, but you gave it away. So this year, I mean, it just goes on and on. It's the same song every single year. The same, the same heartache, the same, the same slavery. And most of us maybe don't really realize it, but we're, we're like a, a Christmas tree in the corner of our living room, dressed up, looking kind of shiny and, and bright and flashing and, and pretty, looking alive, but really we're dead <clears throat> because we've been uprooted and, and disconnected from the source of life. And then we read the, the message that the shepherds got. To you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. We see that Christmas is, is about presence, but the real Christmas present is the presence of a person. It's a person that rescues us from, from our self-focus, from, from our death, and offers real love real forgiveness and real acceptance because Christmas is a rescue mission. I once heard it said that you know how much trouble you're in by who comes to rescue you. So imagine you're on holiday and um, you can choose where and imagine kind of this really serious situation happens which means you have to be kind of rescued. You have to escape from the country you're in. You can imagine the scene, you can imagine whatever the problem is, just leave that up to your imagination. Imagine you're on holiday and and you have to sort of be kind of swept, uh, rescued from this country and so the British government sends you someone to help you escape. So you open the door and in front of you stands Mr Bean. Now I think Maybe you'd be confused, but I, I think you'd kind of think one of two things. Either, well, I'm not really, I can't really be in that much danger because Mr. Bean's an idiot. And if they sent me to be rescued, maybe I'm not in as much danger as I thought. Or you could think, well, if I really am in danger, the British government aren't really bothered about me getting out safely because, you know, Mr. Bean. Um, but what if... Same holiday, same dangerous situation, same need for a rescue, but you open your front door and instead of Mr. Bean, you see Mr. Bond. Now you know you must be in danger. But more than that, if you're in danger, you know that the British government really want you to be safe because they sent you their top man, their top secret agent, whoever knows who he is and his name. And anyway. um, <clears throat> but, but, but you can see the difference. We, we know how much trouble we are by, by who comes to rescue us. Again, the message to the shepherds, to you is born in, in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord, a rescuer who is God in skin, because that's who the baby in the manger was, God in skin, God himself, God's son coming for you. And that totally messes with, with who we think God is and kind of what we think God is is really like because the God of the Bible isn't distant. He isn't kind of distant and angry or kind of mindlessly jolly. He is the God who is pleased to dwell in the messiness of this world, the, the, the messiness of humanity. You just have to turn the news on every day or every other day to hear just the horrendousness, the just horrible messiness of the earth, Pakistan, Australia, but it's not just out there, but even in our own homes, you know, when do they say is kind of the time of year where the 
families most kind of get at each other's throats. Well, it's, it's Christmas. Even, even Christmas, the nicest of holidays. It's in our home that there's messiness because, because our hearts are messy. And it's into that situation that Christmas is. It's into that situation that the rescuer comes. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. Because God's not like Santa. God knows that we're not good. He, he knows that we're slaves. He knows that we're powerless to change, no matter how many New Year's resolutions we'll make next week and break the week after. He, he knows that we've rejected him. But he doesn't sit back in a grotto waiting for us to find him. He doesn't kind of sit back and wait for us to come on his lap and says, well, you know, be a good boy, be a good girl. He comes to us. He comes, he comes for us. The God of the Bible, our God, runs to meet us where we are. And, and, and his son dies to set us free, winning the battle that we never can. Jesus is God in skin. Jesus comes in love for us who are unlovely. He comes to restore us, to, to reconnect us to his father, to this full relationship with his father. Christmas doesn't end on Boxing Day, though. It doesn't end even after the 12 days of Christmas. The rescue mission continues all the way, all the way to Easter. Because the, the baby in a manger is the man on the cross who dies with, with outstretched arms saying, come to me, I, I've paid to rescue you. I've given my, my everything to, to forgive you, to, to rescue you, to, to bring you to my father. I, hope, <clears throat> I honestly hope that you have a, just a brilliant Christmas, whether you kind of feel up in the sevens, eight, nines, or the ones, twos, and threes. I hope you have... A really nice, fun Christmas. Just a Christmas time which is safe, full of joy, mince pies, and Mariah Carey. But nothing matters. Nothing matters more this Christmas than Jesus. Nothing matters more than him. Because God is not like Santa. When we come before God, he won't ask, have you been good? Because he knows we're not. He knows that we are slaves that need rescuing, but we'll come before God and he will say, have you been rescued by Jesus? Do you know him? Christmas is a rescue mission. And Jesus is a rescuer. He is the best gift. He is the gift of love that will never let you go. So this Christmas, will you accept Jesus as your gift? Will you accept him and, and be with him? Not just the baby in the manger, but the man on the cross. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for, for giving us your son because you love us. And we want to praise you for this Sunday before Christmas. Thank you that, that Christmas is a, a rescue mission and it's, it's, it's us that, 
needs to be rescued and it's us that, that have been rescued in Jesus. And Father, we pray that as we see all the Christmas cards and we sing the carols of, of the baby Jesus in a manger, we will, we will see him as he really is, as the Lord of heaven and earth. The baby in the manger is the man on a cross giving his all, giving his everything, giving his life for us. And Father, I pray that this Christmas we would see him clearly. Amen.